everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of Odyssey House Journals, uh, one of the most watched podcasts uh, dealing with addiction and recovery, and we try to be as open and honest and raw as we can. Uh, I'm Randall Carlisle, and my co-host is Rachel Santizo. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Randall. How are you? I am doing fine. Of course, people watching this, it might be in the middle of the night, so I suppose we shouldn't say good morning. Just say good night. <laughs> yeah, well... Good morning, good night, good afternoon, and hello. Does that work? I think that covers it. Hey, there was a scary, scary story in the Washington Post. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. Organizations that provide the opioid overdose <clears throat> antidote naloxone uh, are, re are reporting shortages of the medicine. And that's because, and that would be horrible for those of you who don't know, naloxone is a reversal uh, for an opioid overdose. Uh, and, and it's pretty easy to get around here, uh, but the, uh, they're saying that they, Pfizer, and I didn't know Pfizer made naloxone until I read this article, uh, Pfizer had a production problem with it and also is obviously busy doing the vaccines for COVID. Uh, and so there's a shortage around the country. And I just checked today with Utah Naloxone because I found that scary. Uh, and they tell me that they have an adequate supply and they're not worried about it. And that you can still stop in to Utah Naloxone, which is, I don't know their address, but it's on 100 South. Just look it up and you can get a free Naloxone kit, which is so important. Explain why it's so important, Rach. Oh, it's so important because the, it's a medication that is reverses overdose and it's a, it's safe. So even if someone is somebody that you feel may be overdosing, you can give it to anyone. You can give it to a cat. You can give it to someone um, that you're just not even sure. Right. And it's safe and it will not it will not affect somebody in a negative way. The only thing it will do is bring someone back to life if they are overdosing. So say if you're not sure if it's opiates or not, you can give it to them um, and it will not say if it's meth, it will not affect them in any negative way. But if it's an opioid, it will bring them back to life. And so it saves lives. That's why it is extremely important is it saves lives. And the, uh, the idea that there's a shortage of it is horrible. Thank goodness there's not a shortage here in Utah and hopefully they'll get their production back up. And, and you know, the point of it is, you and I are both in recovery, but uh, so we're clean and sober right now. And if somebody gave me a shot of naloxone, it, it wouldn't do anything, right? Right, not at all. It wouldn't affect you in any way. So, so and everybody should have a naloxone kit, especially if anybody in your family, even, uh, even elderly people, if they're doing opioid pain pills, you know, by prescription, because they could accidentally take too much. Uh, and, and you need naloxone to save a life. So that's our news story for today. I thought when I saw that, I thought, oh my gosh, a shortage of naloxone. Well, and you have to. I, when you were saying that, I was thinking about Jen Plum. I'm like, she's not going to let you talk. You know, it's not completely up to her, but I'm not surprised that we don't have a shortage because we have Jen Plum on our side. So Dr. Jen, yeah, it's like her, yeah. She is so aggressive. She'd probably go out to the Pfizer manufacturing plant and take them right off the assembly line. <laughs> so congratulations to, to Jen Plum. Hey, yeah. we have a great guest today. 
her name is Bonnie Terry. And Bonnie, if you want to hit your video button and sign on in here, uh, the great thing about Bonnie is, and this is something we I don't think we've done before, Bonnie is early in recovery at Odyssey House. Uh, usually we talk to people who have completed the program or graduated or anything, and I, and I thought it, and, and Bonnie, uh, welcome. How are you? I'm doing really well this morning, thank you. How are you doing? No, we're great. And I, I I must applaud Bonnie. I was at our adult residential house and and it took a lot of courage to I was doing something else there and she came up to me and said, Hey, can I be on your podcast? And I thought, hmm, nobody's ever nobody's ever come up to me and said that. So I guess it just shows if you if you're aggressive and you, you take some action, you you get what you want, I guess. So oh, yeah. <laughs> What, what were you what were you thinking when you uh when you when you came up to me honestly i just i recognized you because prior to coming into treatment i did a lot of research to make sure this program would be right for me so i watched your podcast quite often i recognized you i'm a big fan so really i was just going up to introduce myself but i was fortunate enough that you gave me a minute of your time and was able to get this set up and now i'm like extremely nervous but really excited because <laughs> It's just one of those opportunities you can't really pass up, you know? <laughs> well, I'm very proud of you for doing that. That that does take courage. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your past uh, in terms of addiction and, and what finally brought you to Odyssey. Okay, yeah. So my past well, started at a really young age. I was I grew up in Wayne County, Utah, really small town. Um, I was very shy, withdrawn from people in general I was just a really timid person I hung out with like two or three people who were a little bit older than me I uh, started meth at 12 years of age um, I had some trauma go on back then that really kind of screwed me up um, from Wayne County I moved to Carlin Nevada in I was my freshman year of high school I fell into drug addiction really quickly really fast hard went at it my mother actually called me in as a runaway my freshman year just to get me some help, even though I really wasn't like a runaway. But I was addicted to methamphetamines and alcohol, marijuana, just partying it up, trying to find myself. I was really lost and confused when I was younger. Uh, just from there, I uh, went into the TESA program in Elko, Nevada. Um, that was just a really short program, 45 days, like in a juvenile hall facility. I learned there that I was, quote, an addict. I didn't know anything different. I thought I was just doing, like, the regular high school partying, whatever. Sadly, it's not, not really the case with me. I'm a full-blown alcoholic addict. Um, I got out of that program. I relapsed shortly after. Got thrown into another program when I was 17. I moved to St. George, Utah with my – or St. George, Utah for a program called Red Rock Canyon School. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed there for about four months. I did really well there. I learned a lot about my character defects, my behaviors, and just kind of who I was as a person. I uh, got out from there um, when I was 17. I had, was forced to live with my father when I was before I could turn 18 because I was getting um, kicked out of the state of Nevada due to like just keeping me safe because I was relapsing a lot out there. So I moved to Provo, Utah. Um, where my life really started to begin for me. I got a job working at Smith's as a bagger. Um, met, a, met a boy. 
kind of fell in love with him or whatnot, you'd say. Uh, he and I shortly started using drugs together back in the same old scenario, started shooting meth, drinking alcohol all the time, got into a very abusive relationship with him. His name was Joe. I've had two Joes in my life, which are both ended up badly. But, well, you know, um, the next guy you fall in love with, make sure he's not named Joe. Okay. Uh, no, he was a Joey. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. So Joe, my first Joe, Joe and I, we dated for three years. It was a drug using relationship, really toxic. Just he lived with me and my parents. And, well, I lived with my parents. He stayed with us, of course. Just kind of a dirt bag, didn't work, didn't want to do anything with his life. Um, I was pretty much in the same boat, being a dirt bag, not working, just doing drugs all day long. I uh, got arrested, thankfully, in January. Or we'll start back to. Maybe I should take a breath. I'm so nervous. Sorry. You are doing so good. It's okay. Okay. Like, you're doing good. Just be you and that's good enough, Bonnie. Okay. Thanks. So anyways, um, let's see. When I was 21, I, I broke up with Joe because like I said, it was just a toxic relationship. Um, 22 hit. I was, I kind of did the bar scene until I was 22. I then moved down to St. George, Utah. I met the man who has the father of my oldest son, Nathan. He was born in 2012. We were together for a few months, had a really quick, fast, get pregnant scenario. Uh, after my son, Nathan, was born, I relapsed on meth again. Son's dad wasn't okay with that, Randy. So I, uh, he and I broke up. I went and stayed with my parents for a few months, and then I got picked up on a DUI which I was very grateful for because my DUI, I would like to say, saved my life. Um, I was running with some really bad people back then. They were getting into like sex trafficking, drug use, like just insanity. I was being drugged up every day. And not only my drugs voluntarily, I was taking in. I was being shot up with stuff I didn't know it was. I blacked out for days at a time. It was really just a sad way of life. But like I said, I was very fortunate and able to get that DUI as it opened up a whole other world for me, world of recovery opportunities. I was placed in the mental health court program. I suffer with severe anxiety, panic disorders, um, and bipolar one disorder, depressive disorders as well. Um, a lot of that was drug induced, obviously, but mental health court was a diamond for me. Like it taught me who I was. It taught me to have courage. It taught me to love myself. <laughs> taught me to be on a routine, a structure, and to actually care and show up for things that mattered. And I remember I had this really awful, awful deputy snow was her name. At the time she was awful, I thought, because she was so strict with me. And I just, I thought she hated me. She had it out for me, but really hindsight, looking back, like that woman, I truly believe that woman loved me to death because she was so hard on me. I mean, I, I worked, I worked at gas, at a gas station Maverick for my first real job, which I absolutely love that job. It's where I met well my life Joey too. But um, I remember being so upset with her one day because I was working the, the cash till. And normally I work in the bakery, but not, you know, and somebody had caught me working in the cash register and they sent me back in my program. They completely knocked me down a phase. And I was just like beside myself. It, it was so hard on me to take that. That program I was in for three years. Wow. They made a lesson of me. I know, three years. Like, can you believe it? 
I went through um, two, two treatment centers while I was in that program. I went through Horizon House, which is in Cedar City, Utah. And that program was absolutely brutal on me. It, it really knocked me into all my character defects. Seriously, like anything I could do wrong, they pointed out on me. Time, I hated it. But I don't know, at the same time, it gave me a lot of opportunity for growth and finding myself and just really understanding that, hey, I have a lot of thinking errors. Um, not only my thinking errors, but I had a lot of false beliefs about myself as an individual, as a woman. Like, I didn't realize who I was until I had to go through all of those hard times. And okay. um, anyways, uh, from there, I also went through a wonderful program called Desert Haven. My, uh, my counselor, Angie Graff, she's now Angie Matheson. At the time, that was a program she had started. And what that is, is like a mother a mother's program where you can bring your children to live with you and you can learn about recovery. And I was very fortunate to put in that as well. Um, I got when you were, were you in mental health court? Were you um, here in Salt Lake? No, I was down in Washington County, St. George area. Okay. And you had your, your son at that time, right? Yes. My yeah. son, Nathan, he was three, three and a half, four with me, but he was in the program with me. And another great blessing I got from myself getting in trouble and going through that program is my son, Nathan, was my sidekick in life, and he was always with me. So he would show up with me to court only when I was in trouble, you know, like when I was doing good because it was a positive support system and stuff. My son, Nathan, now has truly began a new way of life. He idolizes police officers, the system, the doing right, helping people. So my son, Nathan, is going to be a police officer when he's older. He's only nine right now, but he's invested in it hundred percent. And I idolize my son, Nathan, because he's my well, best friend. How did you end up at Odyssey House? Um, so Odyssey House came about over the years. I met Joey at Maverick, the job I was working at, fell in love with him. We had our son, Noah. Well, we went and bought our house first. And then we got pregnant a few months later. I had our son, Noah, who was born with a heart disease. And, uh, I relapsed during, after my son's pregnancy, the depression and all that got to me. I just kind of kept falling out, relapsing, and my son's dad actually broke up with me. So I became homeless over this past year, and I, I just became homeless. My family all moved up north. My son's dad, Joey, and my youngest son, Noah, are moving to California at the end of this month. My heart broke, but... I had to come somewhere and I just searched for a program. I came across Odyssey House. It's one that I haven't done before. It's a program that's very intense and I love it, but I just Google searched online to find this program and I saw its success rates actually. And that's really what intrigued me is because I've been through seven different treatment centers and obviously I'm still sitting here. Like I wasn't any very successful. I've had strung together some clean time, but I believe this is a program for me, and I hope maybe if you guys have questions or something. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're doing so good, Bonnie. How important is it for you? Like, first, I want to say you're being so courageous. So, on your like all the things you're doing right now, it takes a lot to do what you're doing. And so, yeah, you're doing a really good job. Really, really proud of you. I've been in your shoes and I've actually been in the exact facility that you're at right now. And I lost custody of my two kids 
And I'm sure I've sat exactly where you're sitting, literally where you're sitting. Um, and so I know how you feel. And you, you've talked a lot about mental health. And this is something that we need to talk about, you know, being medicated, mental health. Like this stuff is real and this stuff affects us. How do you, how, how are you handling that today? I mean, it feels like, you know, all odds are against you, but look at you, you're here, you're doing it, you're putting one foot in front of the other, and you're just as deserving as anybody else. How are you doing, Bonnie? Um, how I do it for myself is I obviously have to get my self-care in check. If I'm not getting enough sleep at night, I'm just a shaky mess the next day. I have to take my medication as prescribed at the same time every day and not just pick and choose. You know, like for me, my mental health is my biggest trigger for my drug addiction. For me, not taking care of myself, not doing my meds properly, it sends me on a whirlwind of insanity and chaos and something I cannot do. Like for me, I have to do my medication always. Uh, another thing I do is I use my, my whole toolbox in my mind. I have to use my senses, my bring me back to the moment, my mindfulness, my my tools, the ones that are like really just up here. I mean, we can medicate all we want and do that stuff, but really you gotta come from within and find those those good coping skills that can get you in a bind when the frenzy comes up. And that's that's kind of how I go through it. <laughs> so you and I chatted last week and you you were talking about uh, and people who have not been to one of our facilities, they've got to realize that there are like maybe how many people, 50, 60 other people in your house. Yeah, 60 and, people. And when, you, and when you walked in, I, they're all strangers at that point, I presume. So how were you treated and how do you feel about being in the house? Well, so from the start, as soon as I heard there were 60 people living here, let's just say I was already on the phone. Mom, dad, this isn't going to work out. Let me be real with you. My social anxiety, this, my social anxiety, that I can't do it. I'm full of fear, panic. I'm just, I'm incapable. I set myself up for failure right before I even got here. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, Stacy, the, one of the staff here is like, okay, go have a cigarette, <laughs> take a breath, make a phone call if you need to. So I did that. I came back in and I'm sitting there trying to convince myself before I hand over my cell phone. How am I going to get myself out of this mess I'm in? Because to me, it was just a big fat mess. Like, I can't do this. I'm incapable. All that negative self-talk. I thought about something that I said to my son, Nathan. Six, I even left the door open there as well. I didn't promise my son I was going to come into a program. I didn't promise my son I was going to graduate. I didn't promise my son for once. All the stars in the sky. Because I've let him down so many times before. I just told my son, Nathan, one thing. Your mom is going to put in her best effort, her best effort to become a better person than I was the day before. That being said, I had to take a step back and look at that. What was my behavior in that moment? I was trying to just give up already without even trying. I was trying to make excuses so I could go back out and just keep doing the same song and dance. And I really was afraid in that moment that it just might kill me. The heartbreak. The devastation I've gone through from losing my family, splitting my family up because of my drug addiction, it really made me realize, like, I said the best thing to my son. I'm going to put in my best effort. And with that being said, I was able to put one foot in front of the other, swallow my pride, come in here, and try to do something different today. For me, that was facing 60 people I live with. <laughs> and I got to admit, honestly, it's the best damn choice I've ever made. 
Why is that? I am full of fear still. I'm just a nervous Nancy. But I have a family, not only out there in my bloodline, I have a family here at Odyssey House. People that encourage me and uplift me every single day. They make me feel like I'm worth it. They tell me I'm worth it. And I believe them because, you know what, just because I have my bad days and I can't see it in myself. Every I've tried running like five times now. <laughs> just like, ah, whatever, I can't do it. Every time I'm stopped at the door by multiple people, different ones every time. You're not going anywhere, Bonnie. We love you. You're part of this family and you're staying riding the wave with us. And that being said, it like saved my life. Every day I'm here is a miracle. And I'm blessed to be here. Some of those people who love you are making a lot of noise out in the hallway outside yes. the office. Is your door closed? Uh, this isn't my door. It's actually Melissa's office. I don't know if I'm even capable of locking it without getting in trouble. Would you like me to? <laughs> well, I, I, that noise is somewhat overwhelming while, while you were talking. I, it's a little more quiet now. Um, yeah. I, guess, I guess it's okay now. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah, I do a, a family support group of, of uh, 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 relatives of addicted loved ones, and they always want to know what, what was it, at what point was it that you decided that you were going to get clean for the last time and come into a program and everything? I mean, what, was there one single thing or was it a combination of everything that had happened in your life? Well, final straw, I think, was a bobcat. A what? A bobcat. Ooh. Tell us. <laughs> okay, so I told you I became homeless this year. Um, well, I'm a stubborn person, and I didn't want to leave the area, come up north where my family was at. My son's dad and I were, well, still in Ivan's area. He would kick me out every few days because I would relapse to drugs, and he wanted part of it. I would stay at my drug dealer's house, who was a complete ogre, complete monster wasn't kind to me at all so i got a tent and i went out camping quite a bit and i found a huge huge print of a bobcat right by my tent one night and then a thunderstorm where i got soaked and cried on whatever it was a horrible night joey my son's dad came pick me up he threw away my tent poles that night making sure i wouldn't have shelter so i wouldn't go back to my drug dealer's house because he was just really cruel to me um, I think a bobcat was my story there. Just what am I doing with my life? I'm a, a little girl, like I'm fully grown. I'm 33 years old, but I slept in the dirt and sand with a bobcat track right beside me. That speaks volumes in itself. I can't even fill in the blanks there. It's just, that's insanity. No, I you wasn't camping for pleasure. I was camping because I had nowhere else to flipping go. And that's a sad, lonely life. And I'm capable of so much more than that. Cause like off and on throughout my life, I've had jobs and I always excel. I'm very, I have amazing work ethic. I always become manager very quickly. Any job I do, I mean, grant me other gas stations, bakeries and stuff like that. But for somebody who went from being a complete junkie, no self-esteem, no nothing to even having the courage to walk up to Randall Carlisle and say, hey, can I be on your podcast? Like it speaks volumes. That, and then just really taking my self-inventory within the next few weeks to follow prior to coming into this program. You are on the road to recovery, and I, and that's the most unique story. I don't know about you, Rachel, but because I, I always ask everybody, I say, what was it that got you, you know, that you decided to, to, to seek recovery? And a bobcat track is probably the, the best unique story I've heard. 
I got excited about it. I was like, ooh, I like it. It seems like Bobcat is your spirit animal. Yeah. And you're talking about bakery and being um, a hard worker and stuff. And we've got some people for you to meet. There's this great nonprofit Flourish Bakery. And there's so many connections for you to help you get to get on your feet and to get through this and people that will walk beside you because you are worthy and you are deserving. And I'm like, oh, girl, many things for you. I'm excited. I'm always looking for new opportunities. Well, keep, keep Flourish Bakery in mind as you climb through the ranks at Odyssey House because uh, they, they, train, they pay you uh, while you're going through the program and they train you to become like really an expert in, in, in baked goods and, and decorating things and everything. I mean, like one of their, one of the people who went through the program went up to uh, work uh, in, in the, uh, uh, I think in the pastry shop at Deer Valley uh, at, a, at a really good salary. So yeah. it's, yeah, so. Definitely can, worth looking yeah, yeah. What, uh, what do you want to do when you get out of Odyssey? Oh, I want to obviously get into sober living and reunite with my kids as best as I can. I mean, I, I voluntarily signed over my sons to their dads because of their well-being, because I was kind of losing it there for a minute with my mental health and my drug addiction. So I want to do that, and I want to start school to go into auto mechanics, actually. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Surprises, right? <laughs> yeah, I like to get my hands dirty. I like to learn. I'm always working with my hands. I enjoy that. I also never want to be at the mercy of, quote, a man again in that sense where I've had my cars break down so much on me and I always run to my rescue man, my partner, or a guy friend. And I just finally realized like, you know what, Joey, love my life guy. He taught me a lot and he taught me that no matter what, I can learn just as much as he could. I don't always have to rely on him, that I'm just as well off just learning to do things on my own. And I don't know why, just cars are where it's at right now. I wanna to go to mechanic school. <laughs> What do you, what, what do you, I, I, you know, in, in my opinion, you're, you're going to be very successful. You're taking a very realistic view of your life right now and you're em embracing the program. And I'm not saying Odyssey is the best program around, but it's a highly structured, very difficult program. And you seem to be embracing it very well. What do you have any thoughts, Rachel, after listening to, to Bonnie? Yeah, I was thinking that I think that um, Odyssey's laying that foundation and I think she's embracing, embracing her life like as a female like I don't need a man and I don't need I don't need a drug and I don't need all these things like I need me, I need to teach myself I need to stand on my own feet. I need me and I'm like, get it girl, go to school, fix your own car, like pay your own bills. Like I'm so proud of her. And Odyssey's like teaching that, that structure and those boundaries to build yourself up because you do, you need you and only you, not, not the Joe and the Joey's like you need Bonnie. And so I'm really proud of you. Thank you. And I'd have to say, honestly, if it weren't for the structure and routines here at Odyssey House, the layout, the accountability, I would be lost because this place definitely saved my life. I know I'm still in the early stages of being here, but I can tell you already, this is a phenomenal program. It's, I've been to seven now. This is by far the best program I've ever been in. This is a self-admit talking to you, not a court order, but I highly would recommend this program to anyone out there. If you want to change your life, you want sincere, good, solid recovery, you want to look in the mirror and see who you are and actually know who you are, 
this is where it's at. Odyssey House all the way. Boy, I, I just wrote that script for her and she read it really naturally. You know, I thought that was pretty good. Now you've got <laughs> You've got to be honest here. I, I didn't pay you to say anything like no, that. No, truly. Or encourage you to say anything good about Odyssey. I mean, no, really, you didn't. This is just my experience. And my experience alone says, hey, there's strength in this program. It gave me hope. It gave me, it gave me what I needed to get off my McDuff and start seeing who I am, seeing what I want, seeing who Bonnie Terry actually is. And Odyssey House is my journey. It's part of my beginning. You know, something, something we don't do and we should do, and I want you to reach out yeah. uh, because we do have so many clients in Odyssey House. I'd like to uh, follow you through the program. And when you when you maybe when you get to an upper house level or something, yeah. uh, we can uh, we can do another podcast and just keep following you through because I find you a very intriguing, interesting uh, and a full of potential kind of person. And it would be it would be fun for our viewers and listeners to to see your progression as you go through this. Yeah, I would totally be interested in that, actually. You know, today is actually kind of a down day for me. I had my meds switched around on me last night. So today I'm just really jerky, shaky, nervous. I would like to see you have you guys see me on a day when I'm actually confident doing well, you know, but the program. I would love for you guys to do that, actually. Well, if this is a down day, I, I, I can't imagine what an up day would be because you have been fantastic, really. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Rachel, any final thought? I agree. And even if today, if you feel like you're down, I, I think it's really important that you're you and that you're speaking from whatever you feel you're at and including um, mental health meds, all of that stuff. I think you've done incredible and I think it's really important to be all of you. And so I'm grateful. And that woman empowerment, I'm like, get it, girl. Like, I'm all for it. So, <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, thank final, you. final thought, Bonnie? Final thoughts? How about the podcast? Now, what, was there any reason to be nervous? Um, No, probably not. Because I know, like, I probably always make things bigger in my head than they actually are. But, you know, even with all the nervousness, oh, do I look okay? Oh, do I sound okay? Am I speaking loud enough? All those thoughts, those fears going through my mind. I just hope somebody was able to take a look at my story and listen to it and just enjoy it for what it was. It's real life stuff, going through real hard times and going the journey, the journey of life. You, you have been amazing. One of our best guests ever. I appreciate it. And we'll continue to follow your life, Bonnie. So thank you for sharing your life with us. Thanks, Rachel, and thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals. Cool. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.